Thank you for checking out today's devotions. We've been looking at the book of Daniel, written during Israel's Babylonian captivity for its insights and guides to us in our COVID-19 captivity. We've reached chapter four of the book of Daniel, where we read this. King Nebuchadnezzar, to the peoples, nations, men and women of every language who live in all the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. That sounds great, doesn't it? It sounds like something you would read in the Psalms or a decree from one of the kings of Israel, not the king of Babylon. It sounds great, but sadly, it's just part of a cycle that King Nebuchadnezzar continues to repeat. Back in chapter 2, Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar what his dream was and then what it meant. Afterwards, in response to that, King Nebuchadnezzar said this to Daniel, chapter 2, verse 46 and following. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel, paid him honor, and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you are able to reveal this mystery. But then the next thing we read in chapter 3 is he makes this huge golden idol and demands everyone worship it. He throws Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into a fiery furnace for refusing to worship this false idol. God, this idol. And then when God saves them, he exalts the Lord and says, no other God can save this way. But he doesn't worship God. He doesn't acknowledge him. He doesn't follow him. And then in chapter four, he has a dream. That dream is a warning. And he asks Daniel to interpret it for him. And Daniel sees the warning that's in the dream. In chapter 4, verse 27, Daniel says to him, Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sin by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be, then, that your prosperity will continue. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. However, the warning fell on deaf ears. Twelve months later, we read, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. And then all the things that Daniel said were in the dream as a warning, all the things that would happen to King Nebuchadnezzar, all the things that would be taken from him happened. King Nebuchadnezzar would make these affirmations, these statements of belief in God the Most High, but then he would turn right back to his old ways or to creating idols or, or to... Um, 
looking upon himself with great pride and arrogance. But it turns out to be not something unique to him or to kings for that matter. Elijah chastised the Israelites when they limped between having God Most High, Yahweh, and wanting to have Baal. In fact, he called them and said to them, if the Lord is God, follow him. If he's not, follow Baal. Second Peter chapter 2, he warned those in the church that had once uh, accepted God's grace and accepted Jesus Christ and yet turned to other things and turned back to their old ways, the things that had enslaved them, that Jesus had freed them. And he uses a, a rather graphic proverb that the dog returns to its vomit. It's not just the pattern of a king. Uh, it's the pattern of people. My guess is we both have times in our lives where we have said, I won't do that again, or I've learned my lesson, or I'm going to be a different person, or I'm not going to be that, or I'm not going to do this, and then only to fall back into it. It's not how we want to be. It's not who we want to be. A worship band by the name of We the Kingdom have a song called Holy Water. It is a prayer that they sing in this song, and part of it goes like this. I need you. Oh God, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like the sound of a symphony to my ears, like holy water on my skin. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. We will leave our captivity. We will return to a new normal. And the question I think we want to ask ourselves is, will I remember what I've learned in this captivity? Will I remember what I promised? Will I remember what I learned about God, what I learned about myself? Will I remember how much I prayed and how often I prayed, how much I read, how much I learned? Will we forget what we promised? When we return to worshiping together, will we eventually go back to treating it as a weekly option versus a spiritual commitment? I want to remember what we've learned I want to remember what I've learned during this time. Let's not, let's not have to repeat this again. Let's remember what we promised, what we said, what we've learned, and who we want to be in God. This is a lesson we want to get right the first time. And I am sure there is a loud amen to that. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your grace that is ever-present. And Lord, we pray, we ask forgiveness for those things we promised we wouldn't do, those things we promised we would do, and the promises we never kept. Forgive us for those. Forgive us for the times that we went back to those things that once enslaved us. Forgive us for the times that we have forgotten the lessons you have showed us, the words we have read, 
the prayers we have prayed, the desire to be someone different. Lord God, may we remember. May we remember the lessons of our captivity and take them with us when we are once again free. We pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen.